Hello and welcome to The Prime Actor with me, Maddie Anholt. And me, Rhiannon Mosson. I've been an agent for young people for over a decade and Maddie... Maddie? Sorry, Maddie. Maddie has been working as a comedian, actress (laughs) and writer for that time too. In The Prime Actor, we bring you an all-access pass to the world of acting, singing, dance, musical theatre and all that's in between. The Prime Actor is sponsored by the Anna Fiorentini Theatre and Film School, an award-winning part-time drama school. They have branches all over London and their sister company is Stage in the City. Both are running online courses during lockdown and will be returning for face-to-face classes in September. In The Prime Actor, we pool our knowledge, share our skills and tackle a topic every Friday that will put you in the know all about the world of acting. And for the very start of series two, we are delighted to be joined by the brilliant actor and director Ben Kano, who is well, he's not rehearsing anymore, he's, he's performing at the Minak Theatre. Ben grew up on a small farm on the North Cornish coast. He trained at the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts and graduated in 2013. Since then, he's been working on both the stage and screen for companies including Frinton Rep Theatre, New Model Theatre, Quirk Theatre and more. We're talking to Ben all about what it's like to be back at work for a select few actors after lockdown. Ben, thanks for joining us. Live from the from the Monac Theatre dressing rooms. <laughs> we just had the most incredible view, thanks to Ben. Um, so you've been, you're, you're, uh, you've opened. It's opened. Um, yeah. Um, how stones in his pockets, right? That's the name of the show. It is, yeah, by Mari Jones. Okay, and um, how's it going? How's it, how is it to be back? Uh, really good. Yeah, it's a little surreal to start with because you kind of you're there going. God, I'm, I'm doing a play and um, we're in the middle of a pandemic and everyone's socially distanced. But it was, it's lovely. I mean, the audience is very appreciative, which is really nice. You can tell everyone really just wants to sort of be here. I mean, a few people come just for the view and I don't blame them. But... <laughs> Did you have this in your diary already or is this, has this been put on since um, lo- like lockdown and other shows have closed? Yeah, pretty much. I had I was due to open a show here back at the end of March, and we were due to go into tech. Then about a week before then, uh, we went into lockdown, so the show got postponed. I had another job lined up in June, uh, also down in Cornwall, uh, that got cancelled. But that quite early on, Zoe Kerner, who runs the Manek Theatre, sort of said, "Right, we're we're planning a contingency because it looks like the whole summer season is going to have to be postponed." So from about end of March, beginning of April, she sort of approached me and sort of said, we want to do Stones in His Pockets again. Are you, are you free? Are you happy to do it? And I was like, yeah, I've got nothing else on. Let's do I'm it. free. I've got nothing <laughs> at all. Um, and so you said there about social distancing and stuff like that. So how, how are you, how is that working? Uh, I mean, if anyone who's read the government guidance, the long dossier of joy, uh, we're kind of just sticking by that. So from the actor's point of view, we rock up, we have our temperature checks, we hand sanitize every time we exit and enter stage. Uh, we don't sort of interact with people that we don't need to. So we're kind of in a, our own little bubble. So I'm living with the other actor, which means we can kind of be close on stage. And for the audience, uh, they book uh, sort of per section uh, they're seated in the little bubbles and they're left their sort of socially distanced gap. 
and they've reduced capacity from about 700 to about 270, 280. So it's wow, quite, wow. quite a drop in numbers. But it doesn't feel it because everyone's spread out more. It's still a full auditorium. It just everyone's got a bit more space to lounge out with their mm. picnics. That's interesting oh, that nice. it still feels full. Um, yeah. Like I read a review from the Beverly Knight concert that he did at the Palladium that they were trying to see how it would work. And the biggest thing that came out of it was like there was just no atmosphere. You know, and obviously that was different because it was a concert, but still mm. that idea that no atmosphere in the theatre, but that's good if you don't feel that as an actor. Yeah, I mean, having done it for a few years now, I've realised that actually the size of the audience really doesn't matter. Like, you could play to five people in the village hall and they could be the most receptive audience in the world. Yeah. Or you could play to a thousand people in a giant theatre and it'd be absolutely dead and horrible. Yeah. It, it kind of all depends on the crowd, really, and you as the performers and what you do in that situation. And you said that they're, you feel like they're very, as I imagine they are, appreciative to be able to be back there. So do you think you're getting better audiences because people are, like, just so grateful to be, to be uh, able to watch? Possibly. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, there's definitely an element, particularly down here at the Minac, you get the audience member who rocks up and they've come because they're on holiday and they've heard about the Manac Theatre and it's, it's on their bucket list, they have to do it. It's like last night, for instance, there was dolphins in the distance. So naturally, oh, me and Stephen came off and went, Act 2 felt a bit odd, like it felt like people weren't kind of as with us. <laughs> and the assistant director's like, oh yeah, there's dolphins, so don't worry. And you go, oh, okay. And you I can't always do that with, element. Can't compete with dolphins. No, I mean, you know. And you can't blame them because if someone comes, like you see a pot of dolphins, of course, you know, who cares about the two actors on stage? We're so boring compared to that. Wow. Oh my God. Imagine that. That's that problem. Oh, we got we, <laughs> upstaged. Upstaged by dolphins. Um, so, over the actual lockdown, I imagine, like me, you were terrified and thought that you'd never work again. Uh, Yes and no. I think because Zoe approached me so early on in the lockdown saying that mm, this, right. well, we want to do this as soon as we can, that always felt like a, a sort of a little dream of mine, like, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So I always <laughs> kind of had that in my head. Oddly enough, I felt more sort of anxious about the future the past week, knowing that this job's coming to an end now and knowing that that's it for a while, you know, back to, back to sort of scratching my name on the wall and hoping for something to pop up. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole, I did, I just did my first filming job or first proper filming job on set in, you know, after, well, we're kind of still in lockdown, but you know what I mean. Um, and that, and that it sounds like it was a sort of similar thing to you with them testing temperatures and they have... They had a, I don't know what the right name of this person is, but like a COVID checker, basically, which was somebody who had been from the NHS that would like walk around and um, check that everything was like, you know, regulation and we were all keeping distance. And do you have someone that is appointed there or do you all just sort of take responsibility? Uh, we all take responsibility. Obviously, sort of the, the, the sort of front of house manager, Dean, he kind of, mm. he he deals with it from like the audience point of view and then backstage we have our DSM who kind of handles it from the backstage point of view 
But on the whole, everyone's, I think with a lot of this, it's kind of, everyone has to just do their bits. Like there's only so much you can force people to do it. Like, you know, you can force people to kind of take the temperature, do hand sanitizing. But in terms of like social distancing, that's, that's down to each and every one of us to go, right, how close am I to this person? If, if I'm in a theater or in an alleyway and you know, we can't keep a distance, should I wait back? Should I wait for them to go? I only say it because I've been walking a lot of the coast past the past few days, as you do on your days off. And, you know, it's tight, narrow pass. And, you know, if you get to a point where you've got a little bit of a pass, pass, sort of passing lane, you just make the conscious decision to go, right, I'll wait an extra minute and let this group pass so that we kind of keep our distance. So I think if everyone just kind of did that, which I think most people are, it's actually kind of really easy to sort of take ownership and do it yourself a little bit. Ben, your life sounds really lovely. I was going to say, it's not like that. It, it, like, London, they're not doing that. I live on the, the Thames path, and I can categorically tell you that people do not wait uh, when I would much prefer they did. Oh, you've got to kill them with kindness. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I do smile underneath my mask, passive-aggressively. I mean, I'm very much the... the I mean, I ham up my Cornish when, I'm, when I meet them, and like, if people don't say thank you I would say oh you're welcome um, you know make them feel uncomfortable because you know it's, just, it's common courtesy it's just about being polite to people it costs nothing yeah. to be polite and to give a smile even and if it I is fo- under a mask well yeah exactly and, and now I follow you on um, your Instagram at the Ben Kerno and you're mm. honestly see let's talk about it you've got I mean this, this is really nothing to do with acting I just actually want to talk to you about this you so you have like vineyards Right? Is yeah. that what you'd call it? Yeah, I've got a small vineyard. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> sure. I've got, I've got a small vineyard. Yeah, so... Now, um, am I right? Yeah, go on. I, was, I, I just kind of fancied it. So I, I got, grew up on a small <laughs> farm, and uh, I remember watching a program about winemaking. And I like a glass of wine. And I remember watching it and said to my mum, ah, why don't we grow vines here? And she said, oh, dad, your dad thought about it one year. And then we didn't do it. I was like, oh, that's a shame. Like... If we did it, then we'd have like a really great established vineyard by now. But I just <laughs> thought, why not? You know, what have we got to lose? Oh, yes. <laughs> You've got a lot so to ben, gain, friends. This is incredible. Like, yeah. This is incredible. I, because I remember, because so, so we, we trained together, or you were a couple of years below me. Hmm. Um, and I remember, so you, you quite quickly, am I, I've got this thing in my head, which I don't know if it's right. I remember you get you landing big adverts quickly. Yeah, yeah. In my first sort of year and a half, I did about seven commercials. Right. Which was very, very lucrative and lucky. I had, I think I had one of those faces where I was handsome enough that people would want to come close to me, but not too handsome that I was intimidating. That's what I'd go to. <laughs> nice and I because I remember that I remember it was like the talk of the drama school everyone being like do you remember Ben because it was what was it it was play was it PlayStation uh I did PlayStation eBay Travelodge Citroen uh and some other (laughs) oh Maplin doesn't exist anymore so that's worthless on the CV you know (laughs) right yeah so and then that because you did that then you were able to have a vineyard in Cornwall I mean well, the vineyard's Brilliant. actually really cheap. Like, you know, 
don't buy them at the garden centre, that's my rule of thumb. Go to the proper commercial suppliers. And they're only about £1.60 a vine, you know. Peanuts. Me? Interested? Well, um, I've only got a balcony, so I'm, a, <laughs> I'm slightly more limited. But, perhaps, you know, it is a sun trap. I mean, oh, there we go. yeah, put them in pots isn't great. They, they're quite deep rooting, so you want to get them in ground, really. Okay. Yeah. That's off Sorry. It's off for you. Um, let's, get, let's talk <laughs> more about the, the, what was the... How long was the rehearsal process for, um, for the show that you're in now? Oh, good question. It was mostly on Zoom, which was a little bit odd. Oh, this is what... Okay, wow. this is yeah. interesting. Because obviously we did the play last year in September. We kind of... We kind of knew it, roughly. And uh, we had to sort of the first Zoom read-through. We both kind of still knew the lines. And then we kind of zoomed in, sort of me and Steve and the other actor, Hannah the director, Millie the uh, assistant director, then Marion the DSM. And we'll just kind of read through it and kind of block out saying, this is what's happening at this point with like a bit of set, or this is what's happening here, I'm moving here. And we're both, me and Steve, we'll sort of set up our cameras, we'll like set them out in the garden, and then we'll just kind of weirdly block through without the other actor there. So we did that for about four Zoom days. And then I went up to London and me and Stephen had sort of two days together with everyone else still on Zoom. So it was only about us two together in the room. And we sort of blocked it out in his living room. <laughs> and wow. then we came down to the Minac. We had sort of two and a half days of tech on the stage. Then we just wow. opened. Yeah. It so just, it wasn't it just, quite like the, did you see staged uh, that um, David Tennant and Michael Sheen did on BBC recently? That was like no, a Zoom rehearsal. I heard about it, yeah. Yeah, you should absolutely watch that because it is a very funny kind of representation of what a rehearsal process might be like on Zoom and having been mm. through it yourself, I'm sure it would be even more interesting for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, it's, I mean, it's what you do at the moment, I guess. But it, it was kind of very odd to be just kind of saying these lines to a camera and always seeing yourself from the bottom screen. That's what I found most disturbing. Because <laughs> you start sort of looking at yourself going, why am I putting that face when I'm saying that line? Like, yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Oh, I bet because even just in normal, like the Zoom meetings, you can't help but look at yourself and be like, wow, I really shouldn't wear this top or <laughs> like I should really tidy the space behind me. But I imagine when you're actually in rehearsals, it's just, it can be massively distracting. So you went, so by the time, the first time really you were there, as in like the on set, was the tech rehearsal? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the first time we actually had everything kind of functioning, working was dress, I think dress run mm -hmm. but it doesn't as you know that's that's what you have to work with so you just work with it you know you could sit here and throw your toys out the pram but what's that gonna achieve <laughs> throw your throw your grapes off the vine yeah um um and re you was we were talking about like there's extra issues in terms of you um, for you know the aging world because we've start you start to get clients out there now. Yes, yeah. So I had uh, a client out on a commercial shoot yesterday. Um, however, he is sixteen, so licensing and chaperoning 
isn't uh, an issue and he had a great time and he felt really safe kind of the same experience you had Maddie last week on set which is amazing and really reassuring to think that people are making this happen um but for children it does add a whole new dimension to getting a license because Mm. I've had to submit floor plans for studios to the council so they can see how much space there is between people um obviously whether they're singing or not so it is a huge kind of stumbling block but obviously for the safety of everyone yeah so how are you going to do that in terms of chaperoning how are they going to so in most cases I think it will have to be parents so Uh that way they are in a bubble obviously in the same household um if if it's if it can't be a parent then the the chaperone would have to keep social distancing from the child as much as possible to but mm. whilst the child is still safe um but currently at this point it's it, for me it's just been parents um but obviously then that means it's no work for chaperones which is rubbish too yeah i mean like i think as ben said we we're all just kind of feeling our way around and it's nice to no like I love the idea that actors are like slowly going back to work very very slowly um and I'm the same as you Ben because I'm kind of like I mean we to be honest we never really knew what was next so we're sort of used to that um and I think stuff is going back like I I have this dream visualization that come September all of the work that we haven't been able to do is going to be like our phone is not going to stop ringing the <laughs> influx we're going to be like i cannot take this commercial i cannot do that film no sorry i can't do the tv series i think that's what's going to happen then so i hope so i really do hope so <laughs> but yeah i think you know you just got to kind of just do it a little bit if that makes sense like you just can't mm. there's nothing we can do to change the environment but there's lots we can do to kind of help our chances within the environment, you know, the little measures mm. we can take to kind of make work ourselves or support each other and find ways to kind of be a bit inventive and creative. Yeah, absolutely. And before we before we finish, I know that you... How many days of uh, shows have you got left? Five left. <gasps> yeah. And you're, is that every night? Uh, yeah, got two show day today. Uh, one tomorrow, then two on Saturday. That's it. And are, are they as sold out as they could be? Yeah, it, we sold out before we opened. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, I was actually just there. hoping I could... Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's the same at Regent's Park. They're doing some stuff. Um, and I just saw yesterday they've released extra uh, like tickets for outside, so sitting on the lawn. Mm. Um and watching via a screen. So they're really trying to allow people to see live stuff mm. as much as possible. Mm, I saw, um, it's not it's not uh, plays or theatre or anything, but I saw the Arsenal game was on and Ramesh Ranganathan was sitting with... <laughs> with Prince, Char- uh, Prince, Prince William. Prince William. <laughs> <laughs> Our yeah. deck chairs outside. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, they are really... I can't remember what sport it is. I think it something in the states but they um started doing using like cardboard cutouts have you seen as like yes. audience and i think you can buy hilarious. one so that it's yeah. you there your face yeah which is so yeah. Good. Uh, yeah i mean 
yeah. Uh, but I would, I would love to, and I, and I hope that them. Are the Manak doing more shows after this one? Yeah. So once we finish, they've got Educating Rita coming down, which was the Theatre by Like production yes. with uh, Stephen Tomkinson yes, and yeah. Jessica. I forget her surname, but they're coming down. So they've Willie Russell has adapted the script to ninety minutes, so it's straight wow. through. And uh, yeah, they come down. They play for just two weeks ish, and then uh, Mischief Theatre are down with their movie night thing in September. There's a one woman corner show. Uh, Illyria Theatre are here, and there's also a two-person musical. So they've got a full schedule. Oh, and I think, oh, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but they've got, I think, Horrible Histories coming in in October. Oh, yeah. So yeah, might be it down for that one. Exclusive. And uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber announced last night that he is going to take a trial vaccine. So he said he'll do anything... (laughs) to get the theatres back up and running again. Wow. So I feel we are definitely in safe hands with the Lord. We are. <laughs> we, we are. Um, ben, thanks so much for talking to us. It's been lovely to chat. And Thank you. to see how things are moving. Thank you for having um, me. It's made, yeah, I mean, I'm sure... Well, I don't think we will have time to talk, actually, Ben, because we're going to be so busy from September. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a burning question to ask about the world of acting or agenting, then you can find us on Instagram, at the Prime Actor Podcast, and you can find Ben on Twitter, at Kerno and on Instagram to look at all these amazing pictures of his vines. That's why I follow him. I mean, you're a great person, <laughs> Ben, but I really love to watch. <laughs> and his Instagram is at TheBenKerno. We're going to finish each week with a quote to motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And today's is from Irish dramatist Sean O'Casey. That's a proper Irish name, isn't it? Mm. Who was the first Irish playwright of note to write about the Dublin working classes. And he said, all the world's a stage and most of us are desperately unrehearsed. Which I I mean, if you can can keep in what we've just said, I think that would be perfect. (laughs) thanks for listening and if you want to learn more about the Anna Fiorentini Theatre and Film School then you can head to their website www.annafiorentini.com thanks Thanks for listening. listening bye